Good morning. They don't call them grandkids for nothing. Grandkids are grand. And if you are not a grandparent yet, I hope that you will be blessed with someone who is a grandchild or someone who is adopted as one by you and your family. Mikey and Ann and Stacy have been with Cherie and me since noon Thursday. The passage Danny Cunningham just read has taken on new meaning for me. That which is old and obsolete is ready to vanish away. Four parks, multiple wounds and injuries, several sleepless nights, back to back to back. It reminds me that Cherie is a lot younger than her husband. (laughs) When you look at Hebrews 8, I really think that it's one of the most important chapters in one of the most significant books. Because a word is emphasized throughout Hebrews, found about 13 or 14 times, and is found more in Hebrews than in all the rest of the New Testament put together. The word is better or superior You'll first see it about Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 4, where Jesus is so much better than the angels. Writing to Christians that had a Jewish background, that really would have been extra important. So much better than angels because angels were associated with the giving of God's law by them in the Old Testament. Look at chapter 8. And a couple of weeks ago, we examined the first six verses of the chapter. On a Sunday morning, Hebrews 8, 6, better, better, better. He has a much better ministry, a much more excellent ministry. What I want you to see, brothers and sisters and friends, is in that part of the verse, it's saying Christ's priestly service is better. The things that Tim was talking about in the Lord's Supper meditation, for example, really come out here. The priestly work of Jesus is better. Then it says he's the mediator of a better covenant, better priestly work, Better covenant enacted with better promises. Better, better, better. Just in one passage. So really a better priesthood, a better sacrifice, a better covenant. That's what Hebrews is all about. The best sacrifice that could be offered has been offered in Jesus Once for all for us. Hebrews 10, 14. Hebrews 7, 26. The best covenant that we could ever think about or relationship with God has been brought into being by Jesus. Hebrews 8, 6. 
the mediator of a better covenant. As a mediator, he's more than just a middleman. He's the one who makes it happen. There is no new covenant apart from Christ. The high priest, the sacrifice, the new covenant bringer. Remember Matthew 26, 28? This is the blood of my new covenant shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. The sacrifice, the priesthood, the covenant, all better. Now, what he's about to do in Hebrews 8, 7 through 13, can be summarized in one phrase. Out with the old, in with the new. Out with the old and in with the new. We typically use a phrase like that when a new year comes. Out with the old and in with the new. Maybe when it's time to buy school clothes, out with the old, they've outgrown them. Can't pass them on because they're pretty well worn out. In with the new. Hebrews 8 7 through 13 are about out with the old and in with the new. And he is especially talking about the covenant. Now, if you look at Hebrews 8 with me, notice first of all, Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7, 8, and 9. Here is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. You can read the verses if you'd like. But in a sentence... The old was not intended by God to last. The old was not intended by God to last. Have you ever been around people that would frequently go to the Old Testament that would try to prove their religious beliefs today and their practices? Hebrews 8, verses 7 through 10. The old was never intended by God to last. Then look, if you will, at Hebrews chapter 8, verses 8 through 13. Not only was the old never intended by God to last, but the new is given by God and is much better. The new is given by God and is much better. The old was never intended to last. The new was given by God and is much better. Now look at Hebrews 8.13. The new is new and ever fresh. The new is new and ever fresh. Ever applicable. Ever relevant. Ever right. So keeping those thoughts in mind will really help us a lot as we approach this section of Hebrews. Out with the old, in with the new. The old was never intended by God to last. The new brought in by God is much better. The new is ever fresh and applicable. Verse 13. So let's focus on those verses. Now here's what happens in Hebrews 8, 7 through 13. You have the longest 
quotation from the Old Testament found in the New. It is a quotation from the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. It is the longest Old Testament quotation found in the New. Single passage. The writer of Hebrews knew the Old Testament. And when he started talking about Jesus and how he's the better priest and how he makes the better sacrifice, and there in Hebrews 8 and verse 6 that he's the mediator of a better covenant. Notice what he does in verse 7. If the first or if the old had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second or for the new. Mark in your Bible, Hebrews 8, 4. Because the writer of Hebrews is really fond of using, uh, of using good common sense. Because Hebrews 8, 4 says, if he were a priest on earth, and pretty much he's saying, which he wasn't, he could not be a priest, which he is. And so Christ's priesthood, he's saying, is a greater priesthood, not only because of the nature of the offering that's made, but because of where it's made, in the very presence of God himself in glory. If the old had been faultless, which it wasn't, there would have been no occasion for the new which there was. See Hebrews 8 and verse 7. By this part of the Bible, jot down Romans 7, 7 through 14. Because the Old Testament, the law itself, was good and holy and righteous. It had its purpose. It had its place, but the law was never intended by the Lord, the Old Testament law, to last. It was always intended to come to an end. A couple of passages to bring to mind here from just a little bit farther into Hebrews. Look at Hebrews 10 verse 1. Hebrews 10 and verse 1 that says that the law, the old covenant, the Old Testament, is but a shadow of better things to come, of things to come. So I think it's right to conclude that it was always God's intent for the old the old covenant to cease to come to an end go down just a few more verses in hebrews chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 he takes away the first that he might establish the second he takes away the first that he might establish the second 
Very important to keep this principle in mind because a lot of times when you're talking with somebody, they believe something and practice something because it was what was done in the Old Testament. Have you encountered anybody that just uh, believes something like this? We need to keep the Ten Commandments today. Well, nine out of the ten are found in the New Testament. And that is why people should keep those commandments today. But when you look at the text, he takes away the first that he might establish the second. And while there's a lot to be learned from the Old Testament, Romans 15 and verse 4, we do not go to the Old Testament as our ultimate authority for how to worship God and how to answer the question, what must I do to be saved? We don't. Notice Hebrews 8 again. Go back to Hebrews chapter 8. And while we're doing that, I'm going to tie my shoe because take heed lest you fall is not my passage today, Hebrews 3.12. My passage is that which is old and becoming obsolete is ready to vanish away. Now, when you look at Hebrews 8, verses 7 through 10, the first word I want you to mark down in your Bible, if you're following along that way, is the word faultless. You'll have that word or one like it in your version. If the old had been faultless, it was not. Well, the passage goes on to tell us why. For finding fault with them. The problem was not so much with the old law as it was humanity's, the Jews' inability to keep the law. Finding fault with them, the passage says. Then when you look at these verses, the second word I want you to think about is the word covenant. And sometimes we throw around biblical terms without really defining and describing well enough what they mean. Adam might not be a bad question to ask young people. What does the word covenant mean? Let me give you a simple description. A covenant, first of all, is an agreement between two parties. It is an agreement between two parties that has to do with rules and stipulations. You ever hear those commercials? Rules and stipulations may apply. You ever hear that? A covenant is an agreement between two parties with rules and stipulations, number three, that must be complied with by the parties involved, by the people involved. An agreement between two parties that has rules and conditions and stipulations that have to be followed by the people that are involved. Okay? This is really important because what Jesus is making possible is eternal redemption. Hebrews 9, 12 through 15. But here's the third expression. 
The old was not intended by God to last, the first covenant, because God intended to establish. Look for that word in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7 through 10. To establish. You'll have a word like that. And here's what you may have. To bring to accomplishment. This is such a great word because it brings before us that God had the New Testament, the new covenant of Jesus in his mind well before the Old Testament was in force. And as a matter of fact, the Old Testament would point to something better in the new. Everybody getting the idea now? So, the old was never intended by God to last. Now, I think it gets especially rich. Because he goes on to say, the new was designed to be, by God, much better. How so? How so? Look at Hebrews chapter 8 with me and consider verses 8 through 13. First of all, the new is going to be different from the old. That's exactly what he says. The new will be different from the old. Well, if you're reading Hebrews and paying much attention, y'all, here's the idea. All those sacrifices of animals in the Old Testament pointing to the sacrifice that's the ultimate better sacrifice, Jesus. All those priests from Levi during the Old Testament from that background who lived and died and had all kinds of of personal problems and difficulties and they were constantly reminded of their own sin as they tried to deal with sin... Jesus comes along and he perfectly empathizes with man and yet he, as the Son of God, never sins. He relates to God and to us perfectly as a priest. Third, he ushers in a new covenant that is better than the old. Better promises behind it. Hebrews 8, 6. Not like The old, not like the old. That brings me to a second way. The New Testament's better. The New Covenant's better. It is more inclusive. It is more inclusive. You will see twice in this passage reference made to the house of Israel, once to the house of Judah. Well, I want you to know that Israel was to be a light to the nations in the Old Testament, but they weren't really the light they should have been. More people constitute Israel than just people from the nation of Israel. That is what Scripture says. Paul, in passages like Romans 2.28, 
goes out of his way to show that one is not a Jew simply because he's from the nation of Israel. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 18, he goes to great lengths to discuss the old and the new. 2 Corinthians 3 and Hebrews 8 are great passages dealing with the power and blessing of the New Covenant, the New Testament. Third, look back at this in Hebrews 8, 6 through 13. And when I teach classes about how to study the Bible and to really see what's there and learn how to appreciate it more and more, one of the things I say is to look for repeated expressions or expressions that are synonymous, that mean the same thing. No less than six times in these verses, Hebrews 8, 7 through 13, does God say, I will. I will. I will. A covenant is an agreement between two parties that consist of rules, conditions, and stipulations that are to be abided by concerning those parties, those people. God is in the new covenant assuring us better assurance, we can say. Think about all this because what happens is this. The writer of Hebrews says, if you really want to understand why what we have is better, why not just go back to the Old Testament and I'll just use Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34 to show you because Jeremiah the prophet spoke of a time when the covenant would be changed and a new covenant would be given. Fourth, look at the text. When you look at verse 10, when people thought of the law, they typically thought of the Ten Commandments. And when you think of the Ten Commandments, they were engraved upon stone, right? The New Covenant would be engraved and written in men's minds and hearts. Salvation is an inside-out job. Righteousness is inside-out. It's amazing to me that some Christians have the exact same idea that too many Jews mistakenly had in the Old Testament. They thought it was simply about outward acts, and they lost sight of what was in the heart. But the text here says... I will put my laws in their minds and in their hearts because true conversion, salvation in Christ is an inside-out experience. Do not misunderstand me. I am not saying that what one does has no bearing at all on what one is. I'm not saying that. I am saying that a person can do things and not really be inside. Isn't that the truth? And that's precisely what's being discussed 
in Jeremiah 31 and in Hebrews chapter 8 here. Keep working your way down this because really he, he brings out seven ways that the new is just vastly better than the old. It's not just because it's internal and an inside-out job, but next, it's personal and knowable. Look at verse 10 with me. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. Verse 11. They shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. The new covenant is personal. Not simply national. The New Testament is about individual and the response to God in Jesus. Not simply about Israel as a nation. They all shall know me. From the least to the greatest. Because all can be taught of God when they look to the gospel of Jesus. John 6, 44 and 45. Notice this. The new is better. Look at verse 12. Because it totally deals with sin. I will forgive their iniquities... And their sin I will remember no more. It totally deals with sin. The New Testament does. Be merciful to iniquities. Iniquities has to do with the evil that we do, that we really kind of do with intent. And their sin, the missing the mark that we do... I will remember no more. But think about this because it's so great. It's so awesome. I will be merciful and I will not remember anymore. Brother Bill, that's such good news. I'll be merciful and will not remember. God chooses not to remember our sin anymore in Christ. Seventh and lastly here, catch this. Talking about how the news better. It is ever fresh and ongoing. Hebrews 8.13. Hebrews 8.13. The old was never intended to last the new, by divine design, is so much better. Verse 13, the old is ever fresh and constantly applicable. Therefore, we do not go to the Old Testament to answer the question, what must I do to be saved? A lot to learn in the Old Testament but not the answer to that question. How to worship God today in a way that's pleasing to Him. We don't go to the Old Testament. But look at verse 13 even more. 
That which is old and obsolete is ready to what? Vanish away. Vanish away. The book of Hebrews was probably written before A.D. 70. Because in 70 A.D. the Romans destroyed Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, and destroyed the temple that meant so much to them. Hebrews was written likely just a few years before Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed. You know what? God didn't intend for two covenants to coexist for very long at the same time. He never intended that for the old and the new to to coexist very long at the same time. That which is old and obsolete is ready to vanish away. By that expression, vanish away, think James 4.14. What is your life? It is but a vapor that appears but for a little while, and then what? Vanishes away. What a great book Hebrews is. Because really what he does, Steve, is say this. What I'm trying to say to you is in the Old Testament and it was there the whole time because it was pointing to something more and better in Jesus. And no passage really shows that better than Hebrews 8, 7 through 13. So people that think they can go back to the old law or to Judaism and convert to Judaism and be right with God are just barking up the wrong tree. It's wrong. What we have in Jesus is better. And in Christ alone we find salvation. Thanks for listening. It may be that there's someone here that's not a Christian and through faith, repentance, and baptism for the forgiveness of your sins, you can be made right with God, have your sins washed away. You can be part of the church, the body of Christ, the church that the Bible speaks of in the New Testament. A new covenant with a new priest and with a better sacrifice. For those of us who are Christians... The book of Hebrews speaks to us, too, very firmly. Here's what it's saying. Anything you exchange Jesus and the gospel for, you're going to be shortchanged. Anything you exchange Jesus and the gospel for, you will be shortchanged. Beware. Beware. Let us stand and sing.